Hi, I'm Greg Evaziak. And I'm Luke Phillips. And this is the Semi Crazy Podcast. The podcast by truckers, for truckers. Okay, we're on. Okay, Luke I'm, said you think... <laughs> I'm just sending a message about our guest here. Oh, yeah. No worries, no worries. See if we can talk him into it. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, episode nine. That's if you don't count the bonus pods. So. Oh, that's we're, we're getting along, man. Yeah, clipping on right along. Run out of stuff here yeah. soon. We got to get guests. Yeah, run out of... I don't think you can ever run out of stuff to talk about. We could just keep uh, beating other stuff to death, but I don't think that goes very well. So We're going to have to <laughs> hire a new producer. <laughs> Get sick of hearing hearing our stuff. Yeah, I'm sick of your content. I'm done. Yeah, so your week was spent at home. At home at night, yeah. You know, the <laughs> week off is full of not week off activities. Um, ah. spent a couple days wrenching, and then uh, took the truck in for Civip, and uh, they had it for a day and a half chasing ABS stuff. I love that love abs it's great oh yeah and uh so fresh sticker went and uh took it into the stereo shop and finally up my game on that side of things and polished her up a bit some more stuff to do today and, and off to work tomorrow so yeah it was it was a week off you betcha yeah <laughs> so between you and marlin now I definitely have to go up my stereo game because uh, after after hearing his, I went and bought a new deck, but I never did finish the rest of the upgrade. And then now you've got stuff too. And yeah, there's no way I can stay stock now. Yeah, so I, I did a bunch of research because I'm not a stereo guy and I don't want to be. Uh, yeah. So I actually found a place in Edmonton, Certified Radio, and they do big truck stuff. Their nice. Their bay is big enough and everything. Um, oh, perfect. They don't advertise it, so I'm not gonna lie. I was a little stressed dropping it off and letting them pull it into the shop and stuff. But <laughs> um, dropped it off to them Friday afternoon. Expected it. Their timeline was Saturday and the day, and they called me at seven thirty yeah. Friday night and said, "It's done. If you want to come pick it up, we're open till nine. Oh shit! Nothing wrong with that. No. And same kind of thing, like I went in for a deck and uh, clean up some wiring and ended up redoing <laughs> everything. Just <laughs> new speakers, new tweeters, sub. So uh -huh. so you're rocking now? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. The speakers could use an amp, but, you know, that's uh, that's enough expenditure for one month. Yeah, it's all, it's all baby steps. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I think... Unless you do it all like right when you buy the truck, it's pretty hard to uh, to put all the cash out there to do the whole system in one shot, anyways, right? So, but nice that you get all that in there. I mean, it, it all the things you did make a huge difference, especially this sub. Like that's that's where I'm really uh, really feel like I'm missing. I miss having some bass hit, right? Yeah, and by no means does mine like pound like a high school vehicle or anything like that, but. Uh, <laughs> I think if I didn't have it, you'd definitely notice that something was missing. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like even yeah, one sub, like one ten, one eight, one 
12, whatever you got. I mean, it's a big space in a truck, but you notice it. Like, I mean, you notice the difference. Like that kit is just, yeah, I, I miss it. Like I had, uh, even the stock, um, oh, my Peterbilt stock had a, uh, had a sub in it and yeah, it was, it was actually pretty decent. And then I drove another one that we had that didn't have that system in it and there was a big difference. So, yeah. And I've even noticed that, like, uh, I'd even go as far as saying that concert class, uh, that Peterbilt puts out is probably the best stock system on the market i had one i thought it was i I thought it worked really well as well so um i've never i've never heard the high-end one in western star that's one thing my truck didn't have so if i i don't know though even if i spec one again i think i would just spec it the same and then i would just grab i i think i would just put my own aftermarket stuff in it i don't know yeah i was uh at a couple truck dealerships this week with my dad coming up with horrible ideas And, oh, I was uh, wondering why you asked me for some phone numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and surprisingly enough, I don't want to get into it too much, but he didn't lean the way that I thought he would. Oh, really? Like, we found ourselves at stall pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, without knowing my dad, he's uh, he's a Western star guy. Yeah. He had one brand new in the 90s and loved it. Yeah. And swore that if he, if he ever bought another truck, he was going to go with a Western Star. But we went and seen Bill there, and he wasn't too, wasn't jumping up and down about it anyway. Oh, hmm. So then you just you went, you ended up going the other way. I'd try to see if I could bring him over to the dark side. I mean, right? You kind of have to. <laughs> I guess so. I won't hold it against you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we sat in a in a truck that had the stock Peterbilt system, and then one that had that concert class system. And you're right; it's it's a crazy noticeable difference. It really it really is. Yeah. No, I uh, I had a mine was just a forty eight, just a forty eight tall, or I think they call it a fifty eight tall now. Somehow the sleeper grew without growing, um, much like all of them did. Tape measures got longer. Yeah, exactly. Like the. I think we talked about that one other time, like the Kenworth, uh, what used to be a 28 became a 32, became a 36. And I don't believe that little arrow cap ever changed. <laughs> and yeah, Peterbilt's, uh, Peterbilt's 62 became a 72 and the 72 became a 78, I think now. <laughs> like, Well, when you slide the seat forward, you get more bunk space. Ah, oh, that's where you measure it from the seat back. I didn't know that, so... To somebody like yours, yours is actually a shorter sleeper then. Yeah, in theory, yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think even, I think even Starlet, like I think mine's, uh, mine's classified as like an eighty-two, and I think it only used to be a seventy-six. I don't know. It it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Guess what the numbers are. Uh, that was a long ways to go to say I had a forty-eight and I had concert class, and yeah, it was. It sounded really, really good. I, I never ever wanted anything more from it except. That was an older one, and it had the little um, uh, one of the first like GPSs and uh, screens on it because it was an 08, I think, and that thing was kind of useless. Really, I wasn't really a big fan of it, but you know, at the time, that was the best thing you could get. So, yeah, uh, I even talked to the stall guy, uh, the salesman there, about that, and said that if we're go ahead and order a truck, we don't want the smart nav in it yeah 
And he kind of kind of looked at me funny, but <laughs> whatever. Get a gauge package and then just take it over to Certified Radio and let them do their wizardry. Yeah, I I had the because I had the Smart Nav in my W nine, and yeah, not a not a big fan of that either. Because I didn't matter how many times I shut the electronic nannies off inside of it, I'd be driving somewhere and it would tell me I'm too low for the bridge coming up, even though I was empty. And so then it made me think like, oh, am I off? No, no, I'm on a truck route. And it'd be boom, 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 boom. And you'd hear that. And yeah, it just, it, it wouldn't update the map properly. I don't know. I was just, I was really, yeah. I, I would have rather just had more gauges in the middle of that dash. Yeah, I had the smart nav in my tri-drive W9. And uh, it did the same thing. It would, but I'd be like on a heavy haul route yeah. at six meters tall, trucking along. And all of a sudden, bing, bing, bridge ahead, 4.8. Like, there's no bridge here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they get the, like, where they get that information. I mean, with the exception of, like, I think the Garmin's and, like, some of those actual trucking GPS are pretty decent. But it really surprises me that there isn't a good factory one yet. Let me say, I haven't tested a good factory one yet. I think the smart nav and I, well, all of them, I think they're geared to south of the border. But even south of the border, they don't work all that well. Oh, and see, I don't have any experience with them down there. I, I remember even like going through uh, Kansas City and going through Houston and other places. Like I'd try to put in a, an address. And what it was really good at was finding Kenworth dealerships, Theaterville dealerships. And one of the travel stops, I can't remember if it was TA or Petro or what it was, but there was one of them that you could always find one. If you hit like find fuel, it would always go to that one, even if it was 100 miles out of your way. <laughs> Not the most useful. Tell me that's not product placement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and I guess you can't fault a company for doing that, right? But no, and even I like you said, there's nothing that you can really 100% trust when you're in a truck. Like, I've heard really good things about the Rand McNally GPS systems, but as soon as I seen the price tag, that was off off my list. <laughs> yeah, and you you know it's interesting too like uh, a lot of people you look inside their trucks uh, like well it's not like i go around peeking inside people's trucks at the truck stop but but like you know you see the the amount of electronics now that are mounted up on the dash like i mean you've got a, a gps uh you've got your tablet maybe for music or something else uh maybe a tablet for eld or some sort of an eld device uh your cell phone uh, probably mounted there somewhere, hopefully Bluetoothed in. And like, I mean, you lots of guys have two, three, four devices mounted to their windshield or their dashboard. Like the one guy I saw there, geez, you could almost hardly see through parts of the windshield for all the freaking devices that were there. Oh yeah, because that one had like, I think a pedal coach in there as well for fuel economy and maybe even a tuner for like, yeah, just a ton of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but it's got to be mounted for the distracted driving wall, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, I get why it's got to be mounted, but it's just like, I mean, it's it's Out a of hand. Yeah, it is a little bit crazy. Like, I I'd, I'd love to see a um a tablet that would kind of do a little bit more or something that would multifunction a little better. Because I mean, yeah, you could ha you should be able to have it all in one, and then have it voice activated would be ideal, maybe. <laughs> see, but that would make sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Maybe we shouldn't have that. We should actually develop this on our own rather than just pontificating about it on here. So <laughs> might be onto something. Yeah. Our guest will uh will not be joining us today. Oh, okay. No, another another time, another time. It's all good. 
Oh, we'll get we'll get somebody roped into it eventually. Yeah, eventually someone will want to talk to us. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're up to like five faithful listeners now, so eventually somebody will want to come and talk to us. I, I think there's more than that. So, I mean, don't don't sell yourself too short. So, you're the brains of the operation. We all know that. Uh, does that not mean we're in a little bit of trouble, or less trouble than if I was the brains of the operation? Okay, I'll take the compliment. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Just accept it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I never never did get into my week. I uh, continued well last where when last we left off. Of course, I was in Ontario. Got out of Northern Ontario. Did a little swing through uh, Southern Ontario and uh, Mississauga, London. Uh, oh, geez, way to go, Greg! Mississauga, London, Windsor, and then across into Detroit. And then from Detroit, I went south into Ohio, uh, ran through there, and then made my trip all the way back across up into Alberta. So actually, everything kind of went off without a hitch, and I made it back in time. And it was actually a lot nicer drive than I thought it was going to be. Other than going through, uh, I kind of made a stupid move and ended up going through Chicago at 4.30 in the afternoon. Not the nicest uh, through for traffic through there. And uh, yeah, just on the phone wasn't... Uh, wasn't up on where I should have turned off and I could have turned off. It would have on the GPS showed me as losing half an hour, but I'm pretty sure I would have gained an hour and a half. Well, way to go on that one. Yeah. And so that would have pretty well been enough to get me home on Friday instead of Saturday because I ran out of hours. Just that the couple cities that I ran through at just the wrong time uh, was enough to make me, you know, two hours short of making it home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were at Marshall. Uh saturday night yeah yeah apparently there's there's reports of me no that was friday night dude last night was saturday night i was home saturday night well i've been home all week so i have no idea what day of the week it is oh yeah i forgot and you claim it wasn't a holiday (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, i mean i guess it could be considered not a holiday but a change of pace the old saying if you're not in it you're under it yeah that's true i've been pretty lucky i haven't been but i've got a few things that i want to put on so i think uh I've got a visor coming now. Uh, saw one on a different 5700. Looked really, really good. So yeah, I got a couple other little little things to to do to that truck and doll it up a little bit more. I got some stuff to put some dumps on the front for uh, to dump my bags because well, we have a friend that does that and it looks damn good. And he gives me a hard time always about the gap that I have in the front in all my pictures <laughs> where the air's still in my airbags. So I really have to get that system set up. So. But I have the parts and everything, and it's just uh, when I'm only having a day and a half off or a day off on the weekend, I have a hard time going and uh, jumping in on working on the truck. So I think I'll probably just do it some evening on the on the road. Yeah, I'm always afraid to do stuff, you know, one evening on the road. I don't have good luck. <laughs> so that, that fitting that you can't get till tomorrow at noon, that'll be the one I break. Yeah, that's uh, that is a good point. I've, I've done that a lot uh, in the past. I know even in putting like visors on or other stuff and get done work at the end of the day and then just start on whatever you're going to do for the truck and then end up working till like yeah two in the morning and having to jury rig some little piece because you didn't have it or you dropped it down the drain grate or whatever in the shop. Uh, one time I actually even went and hauled gravel without a visor because I was putting the visor on and I dropped two of the bolts and then I had no stainless bolts and then I didn't have the right. Yeah, it was just a disaster. So I ended up graveling for like two days with no visor at all and everybody made fun of me. 
It's kind of traumatizing, actually. Some trucks look look pretty sleek without a visor, though. I guess the right ones. You were just started trying to start a trend, but it never caught on. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't catching. It wasn't catching on. At least not in uh, not in Whitecourt in like uh, 2011 or whatever. So, yeah, T800 with big tires on the front with no visor, not looking good. No, no. Yeah, I've got projects that I'm going to do today that I'm kind of worried could go the same way, but there's no jerry rigging really when you go out for like a week at a time. Yeah, you got you got to get it done and get it done right. So I'm sure your stuff will go soon. Well, will be uh, exactly as you want it. That's what I'm hoping. Are you, are you at liberty to say, or are you just going to show it on Insta? I'll just show it on Insta. Oh, okay. Dogs barking at something now. No, that happens. Yeah. That's all just part of it, right? So did, um, sorry, lost my train of thought there. Yeah, I did too, because the dog barked. Now I'm all confused. <laughs> oh, that's just kind of the way we both think sometimes, right? Oh, yes. Yep. That's especially like I getting ready for Siva Idol. You know, a box of little parts, and uh, oh, yeah. it really showed how scatterbrain I am. I'll do one thing over here, one thing over here. <laughs> no, like definite plan of just like this is this is where we're starting and this is where we're ending. And yeah, just here's the box of parts, and uh, just start wherever you want as long as the box is empty by the end of it. <laughs> that wouldn't work well for me because I always have a few extras. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. Did you do your CVIP? Are you doing your CVIP or what? Uh, Doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's get, it's getting done. Oh, I was just curious because you were because uh, you're only home for a week. You're running, running like a truck driver, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I got uh, I got a couple days home here this week, so I'll be able to wheel it in there. So I don't uh, I went over it last week when I was in Ontario and myself went under everything and there is actually legitimately nothing to do to it now. So there, and then even then it was only a couple of little bolts and stuff that had come loose, but I mean, it's only got 106,000 on it now. So almost 107. So. Oh, you should be good then. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I was kind of disappointed when I spent two days wrenching on the truck there. Uh, and <laughs> then to get a call that the one thing we couldn't look at the ABS system is going to cost. <laughs> well, you know how ABS systems are. That wasn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the only uh, the only thing I may have an issue with is because I have an intermittent ABS light, but I'd had a uh, I've had it in for it before, and it was a recall, so I just have to take it back in and get that done. So I might actually even just take it over to the dealership and just tell them, you know, get the just do the seat up there. It's not a big deal. Yeah, because it's so new, and you might be better off at at the dealer versus somewhere else, right? Like as much as people talk shit about mechanics, at the end of the day. It's- it's their job right yeah so they've got to find not that they have to find something but they will always find something yeah and and they'll always find everybody will find something different i think we talked about that before too like i mean yeah if you took the truck even to two different truckers they'd find something different wrong with it right so not a big not a big deal i'll like i say i'll just wheel it in there and, and get it looked after and yeah get back on the road i've put on a lot of miles so far and i don't plan on changing that anytime soon so well, that's good then. So you're going out on like Tuesday then? Uh, we'll go in tomorrow to unload. And uh, then I have to do a quick like short trip, just a couple hours out and back just to pick up a machine. And then I got a load of pipe to go to Regina. And then I should be back after that. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. like middle of the week kind of off stuff. Yeah. I mean, if I, uh, if I get to Regina, I don't... Uh, 
as of Friday, I didn't have, I didn't have anything come back out of there yet. So if I get there and I've got half a day to kill or something, I might just wheel into like Winnicott and just get them to do it there. Yeah. That's, that's always an option. It's nice to have dealers on the, on the road, <laughs> but they've, Winnicott's got a pretty big system, like a, a pretty big dealer network, if you will. Yeah. They, um, but they just got, uh, they got bought out eh, by new West, I believe now. Oh, really? Yeah. So it'll be Freightliner Western Star all together. Actually, with I, I haven't really had much to do with either one of them. Mother and I hauled a few trucks for uh, for Winnicott. But. They've got those Warner Industry dealers in Swift Current and Moose Jaw, and they do uh, a lot of trailer repair. Oh, it's Warner. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard something about somebody buying them, but I haven't been in, in any of those dealers probably three months. Yeah, it was Warner, not, uh, not New West that bought them. That was what it was, right? Yeah, exactly, because they're the the dealer for the trailers that we run so any like tarp patches or anything like that so like you say when you're when you after doing the c-vip did that uh did that make you think more about new then is that where that went i was just curious no not at all actually um that was strictly uh my dad's at a point where he's thinking about buying another truck and i when i was at stall they were showing dad wanted to see the classic big bond crate which is what I have hasn't changed since 2005. Yeah. But anyway, took uh, salesman took us into the shop because the only only one they had was their PDI in for a guy. And I walk around the corner and <laughs> there's a yellow motor under this thing. So got talking to the guy to the salesman about gliders. Oh. And after having that discussion, um, I don't see a new truck in my future. <laughs> The only way I'd end up with a new truck is if dad bought one and ran it for a couple of years and then he retires, I'd think about taking it over, but I don't see it in my cards or my plan to go and buy anything new and yeah. in the next few years, even though that I heard from both the dealers that we went to, uh, Western Star and Peterbilt, that there's going to be some major model changes uh, going on in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Um... From what I understand as well, yeah, like the, the 389s and like that old cab's going away. And I understand on the Western Star side, they're like they're they're dropping a new model this summer. Uh, some people already have like sneak peeks of it and whatever, but it'll have a new cab, new interior, new, new, new. And that will start to take over for, yeah, the 4900 will start to go away at some point and I've been looking too, as much as I like my aero truck, I still, before they're all gone, I would like to build a, like a 4900EX, uh, long and low. And, ah, I, I've always wanted one. I've never, I've never built that exact truck, but. And see from just, you know, how it is talking with dealers, uh, you got to pick between the lines cause they're only at liberty to say so much. But, uh, if I'd say out of the two things that I heard, one being the Western star, you know, phasing out and the Peterbilt one, I would say that Western star is the more likely of the two. Mm, yeah. I just have a hard time seeing Peterbilt totally get rid of one of their, you know, hallmark trucks. Like it's a staple in their brand. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what, even so like they've all been talking about that for a long time. Um, I, like since Oh five, like when they first started bringing, when the first emission stuff came in in like 0304, um, there was talk then that every like that was all going to be gone. Uh, you know, square trucks are going away. Uh, it's going to be all these you know 
I mean, granted, there's a pile more aerodynamic trucks on the road, but those truck, the other trucks aren't going anywhere. Not until you, I would say, once you start seeing more of a switch into alternative fuels and electrics and all the rest of it, then you might start to see those go away. But I don't know. Yeah, and see, because I don't know, just the way that I am is I don't. Uh, I mean, change is going to happen, but I don't think that far ahead because that's not a change that I really want to see happen, right? Yeah. No, I agree with you there. I, I still think you need to have the option of that stuff. And, and it's also, you need to have the, uh, there's certain applications where, um, arrow doesn't work anyways, like heavy haul. And I don't think you could spec an 880 Kenworth, let's just say to do what a C5 can do. Like you just, there's not enough rad there. There's not enough, you know, it's just not a, it's not enough truck. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that's different than a long nose, but it's, the same thing like it's a it's a that new style uh unless they go and build some sort of a you know c550 well i don't know what they would call it right like yeah i uh and if you guys could see the look on luke's face when i said that and it was uh it was actually comical so <laughs> i think you just scarred me <laughs> just like, <laughs> thinking of how that would look but <laughs> you can't unsee i mean that if they now. wanted no, if they wanted to improve aerodynamics on a C500, I guess step one would be taking away the butterfly hood. Yeah, but then then you lose cooling. Although I, I did hear that you're supposed to... See, now, yeah, I had an argument with a manager about this very recently. Uh, we were running down in Colorado and I was running a C5 butterfly hood. Sides off because it's plus 45 Celsius, right? It's hot. Yeah. And... Uh, I was having uh, transmission temperature problems mm -hmm. and he swore up and down that if I put my sides on, it would run cooler because it's pulling air through the rad. So I did that and I can, I proved that theory false in that application. You run way cooler with your sides off because in, in that application, we're going 10, 15 kilometers an hour mm -hmm. at full load you know 19 20 you know yeah. rpm we're up there you're working the truck as much as it's got and then some so i don't i think if you're going a little faster like if we could have contained uh maintained a constant like 60 yeah then that might have proven true but i don't agree with it yeah i think i think you're right like i i think it, a lot of it has to do with speed on that i even um my 5700 gets really the floor gets hot. Like my floor is like, if I'm, if I'm rolling and this is like rolling down the highway. So I, uh, I drive in, you know, my slippers with my bare feet. And if I slip my foot out of my slipper and put it on the middle of my floor, uh, rolling down the highway, it feels like a hot sand on a beach. Yeah. And I even noticed this last week or the week before, I guess the last week that I was actually trucking, I was coming home out of Moose Jaw and it was hot plus 30 plus 35. Yeah. And, uh, <gasps> <laughs> Dave didn't like that. Damn dog. Yeah, I don't know what he's upset about. But anyway, uh, and I was having airflow problems through my HVAC system. Yeah, it was all my cabin filter was all plugged up. Anywho, uh, yeah, kick the engine fan on, driving along, and I've got two layers of Dynamat underneath my hardwood floor. Yeah, so there's lots of insulation there, and yeah, it got hot just from the engine fan being on, blowing the heat back. Right. Oh, really? Eh. Yep, as soon as the engine fan kicked off and 
we ran down the road for a while just cruising everything cooled off like my floor didn't wasn't as hot my shift boot wasn't as hot because i was i was thinking with mine and this is i don't know it seems like sound theory anyways because of the way it is and because i've got the the side shields like are the uh aerodynamic uh i don't know fairings i got fairings side fairings all the way along the bottom and i also have a weed burner exhaust so all that heats under there as well so i think i thought i'm not getting enough airflow even in from the sides to take that away so i would have thought a truck like yours like a, a 379 would be would cool better that way right so i mean it's hard to say we weren't in the same conditions i mean maybe if i was in those conditions but it would actually burn my feet i don't know <laughs> i've had trucks uh again in the heavy haul application yeah. where it's like it's popped water bottles that i've set on my floor Oh, really? Because it's gotten so hot. Yeah. Oh, and, and those candy cups you get from like the Flying J. Yeah. Me melted those in the cup. <laughs> like in that application, though, you're like you're going slow. Like I'm talking, I'm going down the highway at 65 miles an hour. Yeah. You'd think even with all your skirting there that it would get Enough. airflow underneath. Yeah. Like, I mean, the truck doesn't run hot. It runs bang on where it's supposed to run and everything else. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm not working the transmission hard. It just did. Yeah, I think it just holds heat. What was your trans temp? Uh, two. It's right around two. Yeah, it stays right in there, like 190, 210. Like it never really goes above that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm rolling across like the bald ass prairie when this is happening, right? So it's not like, like I say, it's not like it's working. Yeah, I think that your yeah your theory is sounding more and more sound. <laughs> yeah, and and or maybe a combination of that, and maybe although. It's supposed to have that double insulation in the floor. Maybe it doesn't, you know? I mean, people at the factory can screw up on stuff. <laughs> oh, exactly. Do you carry a, a heat gun? Like, a, you know, with the little red dot, points at stuff, tells you how hot it is? Okay, I have one. I should probably put it in my truck now that I think of it. Do you always carry yours with you? Yeah, so uh, I haven't since I started grain hauling, but uh, when I was heavy hauling, I had one. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I carried it with me and you know, anytime we pulled over in the hot, I'd, you know, point it at my diffs and my axle ends and stuff and make sure that it's at least a consistent temperature with what the gauge is reading. Yeah. Well, and especially on those, cause I mean, it, it's pretty easy to knock those sending units off and, and, or have issues back there. So, and like you say, even from, uh, like from one diff to the other, kind of knowing what kind of difference you got there, it's a, is a big deal, right? Yeah. And I mean, when your diffs are running 250, 280 all day long, yeah but, uh, <laughs> you want to keep an eye on it oh yeah does your truck have actual 46s or are you on super 40s i'm just curious 46s okay yeah and so is mine i was um because i was discussing a a build of a, a 4900 anyways and we were talking about like 40s versus super 40s versus 46s and different applications and then i mean when you look at heavy haul i mean most of those trucks you had were planets now did you ever haul like the same weight with a truck with planets and then versus a truck without? And is there a big difference in, uh, in temperature? Oh boy. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> and the planet tractor was a tandem and the non planet tractor was a tri drive. Ah, so you're spreading the load over three axles, but it's non planetary. And then the other one I see. Yeah. So, and they would run about the same. I honestly can't remember. I know that they both, like that magic number that I was always told, it was 280 to 290. 
uh, as long as it's under that, you're it's hot, but you're fine. And uh, yeah. I know neither one of them ever went over that. Okay. Uh, but that tri drive without the planets, I tortured it afterwards. <laughs> I don't think I could ever say that. Other than that truck, I've never had a diff overheat. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've, you know, everybody says that you're supposed to run planetary tractors down the highway at 90 kilometers an hour because they'll build heat, right? Yeah. But that most recent one I ran, which is the one that I got the most familiar with, uh, it didn't matter. Like, I could go 110 down the highway. I know there's guys cringing hearing that, <laughs> but uh, it was definitely never a heat issue. That's interesting. I never, I had always heard the same thing that you had to run them at 90 and it was, you know, cause I, uh, I know years ago, uh, we wanted to, there was like, we were thinking about trying those, uh, DT planetaries, just the axle end ones to put on like for a log truck, right? Cause you didn't need them all the time, but if it was really soft, you know, for lifting, we thought maybe it would help, but I don't know. We never ended up doing it. Right. Personally, I would not, <laughs> if, like, in that situation, I would lean more towards a two-speed A-box than, than planets. Yeah. Especially with those DT planets. Like, I, I haven't ran, mm, let me double think this. No, I've never ran a truck with DTs and actually used the DTs. Because um, everybody told me they're so finicky. If you don't do it right, you get, like, 10 feet and they blow up. And Oh, shit. You know, you got to be on perfect flat level ground and you click them in and you roll back ahead back and forward a bunch of times and make sure they all click in and stuff so i have never i'm not a dt expert i've ran lots of suzus um yeah and but yeah anyway uh that is my just my opinion is i would go for a two-speed before i went to dts because either way two-speed or dts you've got to stop to shift it in or out yeah so why have all that extra weight like i'm I don't know for sure, but I imagine a two-speed would be lighter than DTs. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how much a two-speed weighs. But yeah, I I don't know. I I never ended up never ended up doing anything with it anyways. I just uh we just, you know, left it left it be and really once we got to running tri drives, it wasn't as big of a deal. I mean you can lift in soft ground lifting with a tri drive is so much easier anyways. Just because the extra flotation at the front versus at the back, right? So yeah, it seems like tri drives rock a little nicer, you know, and you got to get give her a little rock because it's soft. Yeah, it always just seems they enjoy it better. Yeah, that's true. And if you've got uh, if you got deep gears, if you got four fifty sixes or four three O's in a tri, like it's there's not a lot here. I mean, not a lot in the normal realm that you're not lifting. No, you know, shy of you know, if you've got a if you got a forty eight or something and you're in soft ground, well, you, yeah, you would want to have a you know, you want to have an A box to try lift that, but. And I, like my planetary tractor experience, I think I've only ran three of them. And uh, two of those were as a push truck. So you don't really like your route and stuff when you're doing support work. But um, I'd say that in my whole career, there's only one time where I'm a planet tractor actually did something for me. Oh, yeah. And we never should have been there. <laughs> never, ever should have been there. Uh, but other than that, I think like if you're it's all in your gearing. Like everything I did with that 19 axle, that was a non-planetary tri-drive with a four-speed A-box. Yeah. Like majority of my heavy haul career has just been A-box. And they say what I've always been told, the big benefit to planets is they don't, you don't get that hop. Yeah. You can sit there and just dig. And if you know your truck, 
like I've never had a hopping problem. No, no, me neither. You can you can chew chew with straight axles just as much as you can with planets, as long as you know how to walk it through the hop and you're on consistent soft ground. But even with a planetary tractor, if you're rooting and then you hit dry pavement, it's gonna break something. Yeah, yeah. Actually, just wish that. Honestly, I think for like preventing hopping and all the rest of it, and for like, I'd love to be able to try. Uh, uh, this isn't an advertisement for anybody, but I just know when we when I sold the Max and uh, that 14 speed has like a 36 to one low gear, and I mean, and the automatic like that's the only automatic that shifts how you or I would shift is if you have the like if you have the performance heavy haul package in there, like it it Jake shifts and makes them like every single time. And even in soft ground, like um, I had that truck out for a demo and like, yeah, you uh, you pull away from something in soft ground in low, low and like in the lowest crawler gear and you put your foot to the floor when it gets to the point where it knows it can shift, it'll shift even in soft ground and it'll make that shift and it doesn't rock. It doesn't do anything like that. Right. So it'd be nice if you could get that with more power. I think it would be, I honestly, I think it would revolutionize like heavy haul stuff. Yeah, there is one company uh, down south that runs the Max with a Mac Auto yeah. in it. Um, never talked to the guys really. Um, had a couple experiences meeting their crews on the road, and uh, <laughs> wasn't wasn't the environment that a guy could sit down and chat. Yeah, or even wanted to say anything because hey, you're competing companies and. <laughs> Well, when a guy's not supposed to be there and you come around the corner and you're on an 18 wide road and there's two 24 wides. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. And being the guy that made all the phone calls, uh, I know he wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, yeah. I gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. Don't want to out any anybody that might work there that listens to it. But it's like anywhere you get certain crews that do things a little differently. Yeah. True enough. True enough. No, I, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to try that stuff. What's up? Oh, I was just saying there's all this planning in place, uh, for oversized movement for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, where I was going to that night is where he was supposed to go to that night. Yeah. And then we would have passed in, in town on the wide, like nice wide road. We would have passed in town. Everything would have been fine, but he was ahead of schedule. Oh yeah. A little too far ahead of schedule. Oh yeah, and like middle of the night, middle of Montana, no, oh. like nowhere. Yeah, yeah, no reason to be there. Yeah, and it's funny because you can hear it on the two way and the CB between you know their pilots and my pilots, and it's always kind of that measuring contest, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we're twenty four wide. Oh, we're twenty four wide. Well, we're we're three hundred feet long. Well, we're four hundred feet long. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, okay. We gotta we gotta figure this out together, guys. Yeah, it's that's that's like the bush road thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm loaded high and wide, and and then well, I'm coming out empty wide, and yeah, like then it, yeah, they it's back and forth, back and forth. Like somebody just make a decision, somebody pull over, let the other guy go. Not a big deal. <laughs> and it happens way more in the bush roads. Yeah, and I've had that run into that on both sides of it, right? Yeah, where a guy guy calls out, and you're coming out with an empty wheeler, and. Oh, I'm high, wide, heavy, right? And then he rolls by and he's like a loaded log truck. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know, cool. no, or, stop, stop slagging on log trucks, you know? You're just an empty wheeler, okay? <laughs> yeah, right? Or the the low bed with a D6 on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm heavy. No, you're not. <laughs> right? And then I had uh, I had a bus <laughs> one time. We were on the road when we probably shouldn't have. Uh, but we met a bus, and we were at a vessel on 88 wheels. So we were long and wide and doing heavy haul stuff. And yeah, this bus driver's like, well, I'm a bus, so you're going to have to get out of the way. And then my pilot was finally like, okay, well, when you see the driver, you're like, you two can figure it out, right? And yeah, I come around the corner, and he found reverse and got out of the way. <laughs> yeah, they tend to. Granted, though, to be fair, when I got to sight, I got one of the most memorable ass chewings of my career because I was on the road during bus curfew. Ah. And I pulled out of the wide spot to go 30K down the road at five minutes to bus curfew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on you. That's on you. You deserved it. The office said, you know, you got to get there. I'm like, well, all right, I'll get there. That's fine. Don't <laughs> you worry about it. I'll get it there. I had two really memorable ones on the log haul. One, I was coming down the, uh, what was it called? The West Compressor Road on the Windfall. You've been down that? I've only, uh, I've just hunted in that area. So I don't remember exactly. Like uh, 40, at least it used to be like 48, 49. You'd come down this kind of long step hill. Oops, hit my microphone as I'm talking <laughs> with my hands. Uh, you come down this like long stepped hill, right? So you'd come over the top and like, you know, fifth direct at like, 1200 and then just roll the jakes all the way through and then and grab gears so that you come through the corner at the bottom which is kind of a speed curve and it's really only one lane so i called didn't hear anybody coming in so i start heading down and and both banks like drop off steep on both sides as you come through this like speed curve in the bottom and then you go up a little rise and then down into the bridge and then you start climbing on the other side but long story short i met a bed truck with a 400 on right in that curve oh no not on the radio so i clipped uh i clipped one of his four by fours that were sticking out from the sides of the tank with my bunk my back bunk on the trailer i still don't know how we ne we never traded paint never touched mirrors never touched he was down on the one side and i was as high as i could go on the other and i didn't think two trucks like two i didn't think two trucks empty would fit right there let alone a loaded log truck at 10, six wide and high and, uh, yeah, 400, which is what? 14 feet, you know, something like that. Yeah. It was, yeah. And then, then he got on the radio and said, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, Oh, started chirping. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, um, so that one was not really good. And then I had another one where I met a tank truck at the bottom of the nine corner on the Grote Creek Road. And I used to come over that hill kind of the same and then go through the speed corner at the bottom at like 90 and be down on the inside because that's what you did. Yeah. And we all did it. And back then it was legitimately log trucks out the right away. Everybody else gives way. And yeah, so come down into this into the speed curve there. So day one, I run into this guy, not Colin. And I get on the CB, doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything. Day two, run into him another time, doesn't say anything, doesn't say anything. And I'm having to climb high every day, higher up into the corner when he comes through there. So third day, I just held my line. And we went, <laughs> came down into there and uh, he ditched it. And then he got on the radio and was like, and same thing, like just live it at me. So uh, yeah, then they took it up with the, uh, took it up with Miller Western, Miller Western, uh, 
held up for me and <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> told cool. them that no yeah oh yeah no it was good so they just uh, said yeah you guys need to be on the radio you have to call your intentions and you have to wait for the trucks yeah so. lock trucks up right away i'm just gonna dip out for yeah. two seconds here yeah no worries man yeah it's funny that right away thing like i've always kind of adapted the right of weight yeah <laughs> i like that one actually and, and that's and that's the way it should be right unless it's um like when like when i i talk about like us having the right of way as log trucks and back in the day there was always stuff when you know if someone was moving something big in there we would give way as a loaded truck like i mean you knew that those guys need they need the road more than you do at that point right and uh I don't know. This is a long time ago and they were that we used to be really good about it. And so was everybody else. I just think, um, through safety programs and road use stuff and everything, it's all got really muddy and nobody really knows how to use a radio properly anymore. Yeah. As soon as they started coming out with road cops, like everything kind of changed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of, I mean, I guess anyone who's listening that hasn't run in the oil patch or, or run logging roads. I mean, we're talking about roads that are, um, you know, there you could meet a lot of times you could meet another truck on there, but it would be so tight that one truck can almost hit the ditch. So they're radio controlled and, and you call loaded when you're coming out and you call empty when you're going in or, um, in BC, I mean, up and down. Right. And, uh, the historically, like from logging, it was loaded trucks have the right of way. So if you're coming out, you have the right of way. And if you're empty going in, you would pull over into the pullout. And now that the, the, all of the, uh, all of that kind of gets thrown out the window when you have trucks that are coming back in with loads on and going out empty and, <laughs> and then yes. it confuses, confuses the people who are driving them because they think, well, I'm empty, even though they're traveling in the loaded direction. <laughs> yeah. And what I always, uh, did is like, you're in the empty direction. I just said empty heavy. Yeah. Because it drives me nuts when guys say both well, ways. You could the when you're supposed to say both ways is when there's two people at that marker. That's the only time you say both ways. Yeah, and that makes sense. But just because I'm in the empty direction and I'm loaded, and now these guys so oh, both ways. No, now you've confused me because I think there's two trucks there, one going each way. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Fluid haulers. <laughs> Not to throw anybody under the bus, but I'll just alienate a whole group of truckers. <laughs> well, no, I'm not trying to do that. I know, but, uh, I know. They're the ones. They're the ones that always seem. They're always the opposite, for some reason. Like if everybody's going in loaded, they'll be coming out empty. <laughs> I don't get it. Oh yeah, no, I, it's it. It is that way, and and. Uh... The other ones that used to just drive me was the the guys that do the full on description, you know, like um, oh yeah, empty heavy twelve wide with a a D eight and uh, two pilot cars, and I got blonde hair and blue eyes, and I'm uh, I'm twenty five, and I like, <laughs> I don't need your life story, right? You're empty and heavy, good, you know, like <laughs> I got called out once. Uh, by a guy because a pilot was calling kilometers and there's three pilots up front yeah a bed truck up front and a support truck and then myself with the load and an operator so he was just calling yeah for a bunch but we were 
we were spread out, right? Don't want to be in each other's dust. And yeah, this guy saw my three pilots go by and then pulled out and got just livid when he met the bed truck and the support truck. <laughs> and he's like, well, you guys are going to have to get out of my way, blah, blah, blah. And they did. They just laughed at him. But then I meet him. It's like, okay, you get to back up two and a half kilometers now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or take the ditch, whichever you feel like. Like like I said, there just needs it's uh it speaks to education and in the in the bush there needs to be that too. So Oh, hundred percent. And professionalism. The same stuff we, we get going about all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly the truth. It just has to be uh they, they just need to have it standardized a little bit better and and uh I think the rule of thumb for anybody who's going into doing that is less is more. Uh don't you know, the more you talk on the radio, the more you're talking over other people that could be on there. So you know, give your give your location and which direction you're traveling, <laughs> and you don't need to give much more. And if you do need to give a little more detail, do it when you're right close to meeting that other person. Yeah, exactly. And don't be like I've I've seen this time and time again, and this is just my opinion. But if you're leaving the chain up and you've got all your chains on, and the guy behind you has one chain left to do, just wait five minutes because now you're both going that direction, and it's not. <laughs> You pass somebody and they get going and then they meet the guy that's five minutes behind you in a shitty spot. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But another thing that's changed these roads a lot is like just the volume, the traffic volume that's increased over the last 10 years. Like when was the last time you heard of them building a new road? Yeah. No, no, you're you're totally right. right? Yeah. And like into all these, like the, the heavier use resource places go down the same main roads, eh? Yep, the Simonette. Yep. The Big Stone. Mm-hmm. And then off the Big Stone onto the, uh, oh, what was that one? Uh, oh, good memory. Tony, man. Yeah, the Tony. And back in the day, it was always the, it was always Virginia Hills, right? But, I mean, that's all, there hasn't been much back in that area for a while. But, like, in, in yeah, in our area, that's all, it's all down those same resource roads, right? So, I'm sure in other areas, it's the same thing. Yeah. But have you ever graced the, uh, Oh, what is that? The Smoky Campground Road? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to think about it there. Yeah, that's the one that that comes like right out of Fox Creek yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been down that one. Yeah. Yeah, turn right to go into town, left onto the Smoke Lake Road. Yeah. Um, That's the one I was talking about with the curfew. They are very serious about that curfew. <laughs> Yeah, that, that big like 10 by 20 sign that's at the start of the road. Mm-hmm. Listen to that. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I was coming out on there and was like a couple minutes behind one day and I got onto the road. I thought I had enough time, but the guy in front of me in the pickup was actually going too slow. And yeah, turns out one of the guys that was coming in was not a fan of me being on there, you know, three minutes after curfew. So. Yeah, I got, little, I, I got little trouble. I uh, I don't mean to tell the same story twice, but I can dive into it a little more because I find a great deal of humor in this story. <laughs> um, so we pull on to the wide spot at the Smoke Lake Road there, and I got to kick a Jeep. So I do that, but the ground's soft, and it's not the chain-up area isn't level, and we got this vessel on Bunk and Dolly, right? So I'm rather concerned about this front, This when I kick my lead Jeep, that my second Jeep is going to, slide sideways or fold some dolly legs or something right yeah uh but i care always have people around carrying blocking so we just 
you know, put on, put up some block piles, whatever, smash the truck under the Jeep. And we go to leave and I read this sign and I call my boss at the time. I was like, man, we're five minutes to this curfew and we got 30 K to go. Like, there's no way. Yeah. He's like, well, there's two vessels. You were supposed to be number one, but there was an error in shipping. So number two has been there since yesterday and they're sitting on site waiting for you. Oh, shit. Okay. You don't want me to wait till morning because it was either go now or wait till nine in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's dealt with cranes. You can imagine having 200 tons sitting there waiting. <laughs> At thousands so, yeah, dollars an hour like, or whatever. Yeah. Plus another platform and with another vessel on it and the crew that involves that, right? Um, so, all right, we send her stuff, truck, and gear. And uh, <laughs> for people that don't know this road, you go like 200 feet out of the chain up area and turn. There's a curve and you start going into the bush. Well, I met the first bus right at this curve. And this lady, bus <laughs> driver lady, starts shaking her head and shaking her fist at me. And like, I know. I know what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. So, you know, smile and wave. Sorry. <laughs> so past about probably about 15 buses on the way in there. And uh, make a right turn stop because it's a right into lease in the location go take a look right yeah <laughs> myself uh my wife and a trailer operator walking in there and uh we're coming over this little grade and the three guys pile out of the shack white hard hats eh and they start walking towards me and it's like oh yeah i know exactly what's about to happen here right <laughs> pack a bunch of copenhagen into the lip and prepare and they were probably still 20 feet away from me, 15 feet. And they're like, you know, I'll paraphrase to make it a little easier on our editor. But, you know, what are you doing here? You not know how to read, blah, 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 right? <laughs> Literally just looked at him, laughed and said, you guys wanted it here. Like, I got all these emails sent to me <laughs> saying how you guys need this here today. And you can't miss this crane appointment, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm here. <laughs> so uh, not allowed back on that road was the end story of that ever ever yeah. <laughs> or just the company no no they own the road so oh but i mean uh um the company you worked for is not allowed on there or you personally are not allowed on there that i didn't ask exactly yeah so, you should use your alias as uh, bruce willis and then uh they wouldn't you know that way you could always use it i hate to sound like a total badass here but i've been banned from a couple other roads for similar instances and i still go back on those roads yeah yeah i've i've had a the odd forever quote-unquote ban mm -hmm. and then it's like yeah well I'm, I'm not gonna not travel somewhere because because of that like oh like the simonette i think i've been kicked off there like five six times now yeah yeah i had uh I've had that once or twice. One day I was just trying to beat the ban and I just about lost a skitter and bouncing down there. So I stopped. And by the time I got it all kind of, you know, squared away and put back on there and I wasn't in a good spot to be in the middle of the road. So I thought, well, I've only got like frick, a mile and a half to the end of the road. It makes sense, right? Go drive down to the end of the road. Makes sense to me. No. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No, no, uh, I got the, uh, that was when they, I don't know if they still have a road cop on there, but they had a road cop on there with lights and everything and pulled me over and yeah, read me the ride act. And, and that was on the Simonette? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yellow Dodge pickup with lights on it. I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Still there. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, banned, banned for life. So 
yeah the the last time i was on that road <laughs> uh we were going into the kiara site which is whatever however far in there you know the one i'm talking about yeah yeah and for those of you that don't i, I apologize um so we were supposed to meet fortis that day that morning but it was at the wide spot on the highway at nine o'clock or eight o'clock yeah eight o'clock so meet him meet fortis there at eight and then we get to the the chain up area for the simon at nine and uh yeah, road boss comes out and starts losing it. You were supposed to be here at eight. We're trying to do this on the frost, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they had this cute little tandem or uh, single steer tri drive bed. And he's like, well, I got my bed truck here, so let's get going. I was like, no, sorry. Company policy for the place that I work for. Unless our decals on the door match, you don't hook your bed truck up to my truck. Yeah. I've got this 400 sow here and we're gonna do some stuff yeah right we brought a real bed truck <laughs> not a little tank bed truck and we get going in there and we're like kilometer two and i can tell this is not where we're supposed to be the frost is no longer in the ground oh, it's not good <laughs> uh the kilometer two hill hook bed truck on crawl up that whatever we fight our way in there and uh you know for anybody that knows the road, you cross, come down the hill, right curve, cross the bridge, and then uphill and to the left. Mm -hmm. And that that left has some serious lean on it, hauling a high center of gravity load. So, you know, whatever. We try and take the high side, and as soon as I commit to the high side, it, it's very apparent that I'm having troubles. Had the bed, the sow on the front of me already, and uh, when we called stop, I got out and I was up to my tanks. E. So hook on our tri drive push truck to the side of it, which did not have an A box, and punish that truck a little bit, made it another ten feet, and then road boss insisted we bring this third party bed down. Okay, cool. Bring this third party bed down, hooks on, tell him, low, low, just walk with us. Yeah. He lifts off and right away revs me in the hand that's in the saddle. Like revs us right out. Just pulls us to twenty two hundred put on the floor and not doing nothing and buddy can't steer he's headed for the ditch i'll never remember this buddy in the little bed gets on the radio he's like i can't steer i'm going for the ditch sow hand grabs the radio well let your fucking line down then like so get it back on the ground right just as the sow hand like like <laughs> that little bed just shot part numbers everywhere oh shit just grenade so then get out of the truck walk over to the road boss and he's already choked with me right like this has not been a good experience from word go i walk over there and i look at him i laugh i say i told him so <laughs> i'm pretty sure that was that was the turning point in my day like he wasn't a fan of me but once i voiced that oh he was sour <laughs> so we get him get that blown up bed truck towed out of the way we auger our way up and then uh get to site and it's left in the site and i'm up on their consultant shack like they've it's an established site they've got a lawn i'm up on that, yeah up to my fuel tank the bed hand is up there with his augers like his uh jock blocks down yeah me, right and, oh it was just horrible should not have been <laughs> at all should have put it on a trailer that was 40 feet shorter at the wide spot kind of deal right yeah Took us two hours to get around the corner on the site in front of all the big wigs looking out their windows. 
and we're just <laughs> thundering their yard like nice landscape there's a rock garden that the bed drove over oh jesus <laughs> so we get around the corner and then they show us where it's going and i was that and i'm like no bring in a smaller trailer i'm not taking this in there because we are doing a third party job right like another, oh yeah another heavy haul company hired us to do their load yeah but it was their trailer i was like i'm not i'm not taking their trailer in there and breaking shit yeah no doubt so there's my fun story of the day. Well, it was fun. I mean, it wasn't fun in the minute. That's that's the nice thing about uh, time, right? Time makes all these stories fun. Yeah, and I was even talking to a buddy about that. I, and I think you and I have talked about it in the recent weeks. Like, I think back about yeah. all that stuff. And it, oh, I was, yeah, that was great. But then when you're living it, it was not so great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're all, they're all like that. That's the, my... The one time I ended up hauling, a, I hauled a cat. I had to take it down the uh, um, down the Goose Main in the middle of the summer, right? And I wasn't very, I wasn't very old then, and I'd only been down there in the winter. I'd hauled logs out of there in the winter. I'd never been down there in the in the uh, in the spring. So, yeah. Anyways, threw the cat on and took off and went out there. And I had to go like thirty six. I want to say it was a ways back. I didn't realize at that time that road was not graveled all the way back. Like it was very, very sparse gravel in the summer to get back there. Um, yeah, I did the same. I chained, I put two sets on and I mean, it was just a, it was just a little D seven anyways. And I just had a little try to mow boy, but I mean, I went the one spot I spun out going downhill. I was pushing mud with the bumper. Um, <laughs> so I hooked the cat on, um, that was the third time I'd hooked the cat on. And so I figured, well, now that I'm spinning out going downhill, I think I'll just use the cat to drag me all the way there. Just leave right? it in neutral. Okay. Cat skinner. This is where I need to yeah. go. Well, and I, yeah, I, I'm skinning the cat myself. I'm all by myself. So I'm, I am oh, a yeah, truck driver. and the cat. There. Yeah, yeah. So that made sense, right? And then I went to go after I got there and put the cat where it should be. And then I got back in the truck and drove like five feet and I was stuck. Yeah, I didn't really think this through. I had to drag myself all the way here. How am I going to drag myself all the way back? <laughs> so I had to go back out through this basically deep ravine kind of to get out of there. And so I hooked the cat back up, drug my truck through there. I was sure that I'd get all the way back out what I should have done is just left the cat there and let the cat skinner come and walk it in the last, you know, mile through that ravine. But no, no, I'm young and thinking I've got to deliver it where it says it's going to be delivered. And so I ran the cat back through the ravine and back up to the, to the, um, back up to site, walked back to my truck, got in my truck, drove in another kilometer and got stuck, walked back to the cat, grabbed the cat, walked the cat back out, Pulled my truck up the hill, drove the cat back, and I didn't take it all the way back to the site the second time. I did leave it where I thought I should leave it, <laughs> and then I was able to actually make it out. But I loaded and unloaded the cat four times before I actually hooked onto it and just drug myself in. But even at that point, it was like, um, yeah. So that's my fun story of being up to up to my uh, rear end in in mud and and totally destroying a road. Like I mean, I like 
there was ruts in there and everything. And I mean, at the time I had no idea how to run a cat properly. I probably could have fixed the road if I wanted to, but it looked like <laughs> absolute dog shit when it was done. So, well, if you're um, pulling yourself downhill, even a good dozer hand ain't gonna can't doze water. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. Eh? So, but yeah, that's my stories. Yeah. I had one, uh, Again, I was really young. I was uh, pulling pulling belly dumps, hauling limestone into uh, the rob area. Oh yeah. In in breakup, so this limestone was freezing in these belly dumps. Right, it was just horrible. Highway trucks, W nine hundred L highway trucks, and I get told go down this road, and it's you know you'll see the gravel end, and then trip your gates and spread, and then back out. Yeah, sure, sounds easy, right? No problem. <laughs> The gravel ended, I tripped the gates, and I'm in fourth gear, right? And I tripped the gates, and nothing comes out. Ah. So now we're in a straight-up augering situation. Like, pull my foot out of it, I'm going to be stuck. So I'll keep my foot into it and hope I can get to some hard ground around the next couple miles, right? And I made it like a mile of just chewing. And uh, started to slide off the road and called it, you know, I don't want to end up in the two <laughs> So, and this is like my third day working for this guy. <laughs> grab, <laughs> grab my set of keys and start walking. Find a feller buncher, pull myself out, pull myself back to the road, walk back, feller, put the feller buncher away, walk like three miles back to my truck, call the boss. And I told him everything that happened. He's like, you never called me. I never want to hear about this again. Hung up on me. So I, call, I called him back. I was like, yeah, everything's going great, but this load's stuck in my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that yeah there's last, last load for him because his first uh, and last yeah it was like my third but when i told him that we were having trailer yeah. sticking problems and he told me to go buy a jug of windshield washer fluid because that'll fix it hmm. oh yeah yeah you bet yeah it's funny you, you gotta wonder about uh when you get to places like that and they actually have some long-term employees you go how how do you <laughs> see? And that's the exact thing is one of my good buddies had been the truck push there for like six, seven years. So I was like, Oh, this guy's got to be <laughs> decent to work for. Right. Yeah. No, no. My buddy just had a high, high tolerance for stupidity. Yeah. I was going to say it really starts to, it makes you question the people that you know that are there. <laughs> oh, 110%. Yeah. Yeah. Like my first job, my first two weeks with that guy went really good. Cause he sent me up to camp hauling swamp mats up cold lake oh yeah yeah but as soon as i was in a spot like hauling gravel where you have to interact with him daily and he's involved in the planning and stuff it was just horrible oh yeah yeah i've been i've been there i've i've, I've had that too work for people where if you're they're great it pays well everything's good uh as long as you can stay away and you can just do your own thing right but oh well, no, the... i get it one of the places that treated me the best and I stayed at the longest, uh, most guys last like two weeks there, but yeah, because it was complete disorganization. The boss did, didn't answer his phone, but he wanted to be involved in everything. So these guys would literally spend half their day sitting on the side of the road for instructions. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not faulting those guys. Like this boss is the type that, okay, go here, pick up this rock truck, call me when it's loaded. I'll tell you where it's going. And then you call him and he doesn't answer for four hours. Ouch. Right? But yeah. I guess I'm kind of a self-starter. 
So I just got, I had, I was at the very beginning of my career also. So it was either go somewhere else or do a deep dive into this outfit and get involved yeah. enough that you can make your own stuff happen. And yeah, it was like a month of him calling me and saying, oh yeah, this is where it's going. It's like, yeah, I'm already on to like the third, the next move that you didn't even know you wanted done. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And it was great, a great place to work at that point. Because he would get, once he trusted me and there was that, that relationship, I got a list of equipment and a job site list. And it was to the point where uh, I wasn't just hauling the equipment. It was like I was managing the gear too. Yeah. So foreman at site A would call me and say a rock truck broke. But then I got to call foreman B and C and see if they can spare a rock truck. And then I'll go haul it and, and do all that stuff. Right. So it was good learning. Oh, for sure, man. All oh, that's great experience, right? Yes, it just goes to show that sometimes the places that aren't that great can be better than you think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you got some Chrome to install today? Yeah, I just looking at the time. I should probably uh, get after that because it's like an, an hour and a half drive to where the stuff is being installed. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I didn't have to give away that it was Chrome, but I mean, I think most people could figure that out. But... Yeah, I... Did I send you pictures of the polish that we got going? No, no, no. Oh, well, yeah. I'm going to post some stuff tomorrow on Instagram. Okay. And Oh, there you go. So you'll post around the same time that the uh, podcast goes up then. Right. <laughs> sure. That's how that's going to work. You betcha. Because I'm so <laughs> coordinated like that. Come on, Gray. Okay. Well, you'll post later on. So then after this is heard, then people be able to see your pictures maybe day or two something like that it should be the same day who knows <laughs> i might get so excited tonight that once i get home i'll just post a bunch of pictures of it but ah, well then i guess we don't have to tease it that's right but i'm still going to <laughs> that's actually a really good point you got there so if anybody's listening to this and hasn't looked at my instagram go over there and look at my instagram because there'll be new stuff yeah, and I won't have any new stuff yet because I haven't put on my visor or my dumps, but uh, at some point I will. Yeah, I was actually pretty surprised at how well our polishing endeavor turned out. A good buddy of mine came out. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know how to polish. Like, I can hand polish. Yeah. But uh, we did my steers and my grill surround. And by we, I mean him. I ran the sander. Yeah. <laughs> He gave me the buffer for like 10 minutes, came back. He's like, yeah, no, just just give me that back. <laughs> so um, is is he somebody who I could uh, uh, maybe procure services from? Oh, he might be. I mean, he's yeah. usually pretty busy driving a truck, but I'm sure we could talk to him about it. Oh, okay, well, there you go. I might have to talk to you about that off air then, so... I got a few. Uh, I got a few things that could use a little bit of shining. So, well, he knows one, we one wheel in particular. So, he'll be listening to this. So, you know who you are. Go and shoot Greg a message. <laughs> Don't just send me yep. pictures of his truck in North Battleford going down the road. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get to your stuff, and I got a few things to do myself today. So, yeah, this actually went pretty well today. So, right on. Absolutely. Yep. Till next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Semi Crazy Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can find me on Instagram, Luke Dirk Phillips. And you can find me on Instagram, Semi Crazy Inc. And on Facebook, Semi Crazy Truck Pictures. Thanks for listening.